All righty, folks. Welcome back to another Out of the Rough Golf podcast. It's been a hot minute. Um, I think the last we heard or you heard from us was uh, a nice little recap of uh, the Ranger Cup. Um, we're here a couple months later, maybe a month and a half later, something along those lines. And a lot has a lot has happened in the golf world. Lots of things have happened. Some changes in the in the golf ecosystem, and uh, we're gonna, you know, we thought we thought a podcast was due, and we we should hop on here and uh, kind of talk about it and give give our thoughts about the uh, the the golf, you know, environment ecosystem, just whatever you want to label it as. But uh, yeah, I, I, I we got myself, uh, Ryan, kid, you know, the usual. The usual suspects are here um, on the on the podcast tonight, um, and yeah. Good evening. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Ready to dive into it? A... Yeah, man. Um, lots has happened. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll start it off with uh, some uh, some recent news of the one John Rom, the best golfer in the world, has declared his his allegiance to one live golf tour um speculations uh, have it just, at let's just let's stop for a second just so there is a pretext here that dave who's talking right now considers john rom the best player in the world but none of the databases right now support that he's one of the three best players in the world either in owgr or strokes gained but he has a case that he's made for John Rahm being number one player in the world. You can look back at the last six years; he's had some of the best stats across the board. Just choose, I think, choose your I metric. Think if, Dave if, thinks think John Rahm's the best player in the world. I think if you push a like filter on a website and you go within the last five years, John Rahm's probably the best golfer in the world. And, and like I, I said, you can choose whatever window you'd like to get John Rahm into that number one spot. But just I think if people were just like, who's the number one player in the world? And you ask someone on the street, they'd be like, like Scotty Scheffler. Like that, that would be the answer that the most people would, would give. Tiger Woods, they would. Yeah, I think I think most person. people. Would, uh, whatever yeah. you you know I what know. I mean. Uh, oh, you walk yes. across golf Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like you're gonna get most people saying Scotty Scheffler. For sure. But, but I, Dave... I get just just, to, just just so the public knows, Dave has a certain. Uh, fondness for Rom. So do you, Ryan. So just yes. an important. He it's not even. It's not even it. the fondness I have for him. It's that I legitimately he's think both, he's he, the he, best. John Rom was in both of y'all's wolf packs. You guys fine. have a fondness for Rom. I'm not yeah. saying I don't have a fondness for the guy. I'm just saying that with that put aside, I think he's the best golfer in the world. And I've thought that for a long time. You have made it abundantly clear that you feel that way since before he got his original world number That's one. That's what ranking. I'm saying is that like that it, it there's clearly a fondness that drives his his decision making because it'd be one thing for him to reach that point and be like objectively like he's at this spot like we've got him here and like I believe the consistency is going to stay there mm-hmm. but it was how often it preeminated it that it was like okay we no the, because the, I someone, saw I saw it coming I know what's happening like he like he, talent that's cool wise, Ludwig is the best player golfer on the planet then Dave because I know he's gonna reach Ludwig. that point so I'm just go ahead and say now Ludwig is the best Ludwig. golfer on the planet Ludwig, Ludwig. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of His a Ludwig, brother, Ludwig is, is also good. <laughs> Ludwig. All right. Oh. Anyways, one John Rom has committed to the Live Golf Tour. Speculations are around four hundred to six hundred million dollar deal. Um, 
We don't know how much of that is equity in teams. We are, you know, that is up in the air. Regardless of that, the man is going to make nine figures in some fashion. Um, lots of money, lots of implications. Um, what are y'all's first, you know, thoughts whenever this news broke that Rom was indeed heading to live golf and that there was supposed to be by all means after the uh the merger announcement or whatever that there were no there they weren't supposed to poach players anymore at least that was what was thought after that happened i thought that they 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 pulled that back they no longer were like they because of the lawsuit or because of the doj thing they couldn't say that yes, they had to allow for fair competition I, I i yes that is that is what happened but it seemed as though at least to myself that they were going to at least on a uh, gentleman's situation, like we're ah not gonna yes, be, the Saudis, the gentleman. <laughs> well, when you're doing yeah. business, you know, you would think like if you're trying to come to an agreement of some sort, like hey, it's you would think it would be within our best interest to not upset the person or people we're doing business with and trying to merge with. I, I and, think they know what it, cars have gotten them to this point. They're like. No, like we'll continue to get leverage the and, way that and, we get leverage. And okay, and we can go into that and we can we can we can definitely dive into that. I'm just trying to get y'all's initial, you know, thoughts and you know what 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 exactly Color me is unsurprised is none of my response. So when you oh, really? when you when you heard whenever the initial initial things and initial whispers came out to John Rom. Oh, surprised that it was to... John Rom? Medium, yeah. but like surprised that they landed another yeah. big fish? Not really. No, I mean, the 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 kind of the question or I I was I, waiting I, I was waiting for the Xander Cantley shoe to drop this offseason. That's what I was waiting yeah. for. But I think yeah. they realized that it was more valuable to not spend a hundred million dollars on each of them and go okay, let's go get John Rom because he's articulate. He he has the European kind of element to him. He's by Dave's definition, the best golfer in the world. Like he moves the needle more than both of them two combined. So like, you know, so my initial you know. question, like that, I started this with is I'm trying to get y'all's like, you know, what was your initial reaction, your thoughts when you heard this news drop or the initial whis whispers of this happening? Did, did, did you write it off? Like, Oh, there's no way that's going to be happening or, you know, no, I, I think after, after June 6, I think everything was on the table. Like tr truly, I think all loyalty casts aside. They signaled to the rest of the tour that this these are people that you're we're willing to do business with by proxy. You should be able to be do do business with at this point. And was I? I would have been more disappointed, Ram, had he done it before that. But it it you you see two completely unstable tour systems. One that's going to pay you handsomely if the moral piece of it doesn't affect you in any way. And like that seems like a logical decision for someone like John Rom, who's probably expecting a merger to take place after his departure. So it seems like, you know, the with the whole John Rom thing, I honestly just I wish he was a little bit more straightforward and like honest and self-effacing about his move, like Brooks or Harold Varner III has been or DJ. But I I'm convinced that his contract says you can't say the actual reason that you came over here. You have to say it's because of xyz reasons how innovative we are how game-changing we are because of the you know the format all things that makes them a hypocrite which is true because you've paid to be a hypocrite is basically what the deal is and i i agree with some of that i was definitely a little bit surprised but not shocked same thing after everything's 
changed so much. It's kind of it, it very much the tour has a, it's every man for themselves, right? With Rory leaving the board and some of the stuff that happened. It's like, all right, look after yourself, do what you got to do. And uh, to dive into the hypocrite thing, I think that he said a lot of things originally about, you know, the money won't change life and all of that. I think changing for the tour can still be better for his family without it being about the money necessarily. He gets to travel more. He gets to play in more of the uh, world events and such like that. Who knows? Um, I can see how he can justify, hey, this is better for my family without saying it's just about the money, but the four to six hundred million doesn't hurt. Um, so I wasn't shocked either, but kind of really bummed to see it was my overall thing was like all right we officially have two fractured tours and we no longer have anywhere where you can truly say like the best players are competing at all times um that was my biggest takeaway yeah i mean the the hard thing before was that like okay they took the number two player in the world in cam smith after the open championship and that one was tough but like you wouldn't expect cam smith to have like remarkable consistency throughout the the upcoming years where he's going to be a perennial star for the generation like John Rahm is supposed to be. I mean, we saw it from Cam Smith after slumping, after not having the same reps and competitive nature that was required on the PGA Tour. And you kind of expect Rahm to keep form even if he's playing, you know, and, you know, Kim King Abdullah Economic City or whatever the fuck it's called. Right. Um, the uh, uh, John Rahm is a huge loss to the PGA Tour. He's an incredible talent. He raises the floor or at least the ceiling of the of the lives you know, performance. Um, do I think it's going to make a substantial effect on their product or their ratings or the viewership? No, but I think it hurts the PGA tour significantly. That makes the overall professional golf environment just a bummer, just a real bummer of how fractured it is. And like, I, I could barely keep up with PGA tour events that didn't matter. Now you just made all of the events not really matter. That just kind of sucks. I very much had the same takeaway. Uh, it it kind of like I said the the idea of like okay I'm gonna tune in to golf on a Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and power through all these commercials and do everything just to keep up with what they have on the tour and now it's not even. I got a question for you guys. Way. Did either of you guys watch the Mexican Open this past year? Because uh, that was a field of basically one. Finau and Rom were there, right? Yeah, yeah. Year before, they uh, alternate. Yeah, I, think, well, I think I watched maybe the back nine on Sunday or a little bit on Sunday. Because to me, that's what the live will be for the entirety of this year. Tournaments that I won't watch and be like, "Oh, Rom won. That's cool. Good for him." Like, right? Like, I, I don't care about live before this. I don't care about live after this. Even removing the Saudis from this, like. It, all this means is that the PJ Tour lacks juice now, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a shame. But like, n- this isn't gonna make me watch live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone has their like, you know, what will get them over, like, to watching it, or uh, for lack of a better phrase, like everyone has like a. I don't know, boiling point, if you will, like the amount of talent or players that will go like that it would take over there for you to actually be paying attention to what is happening on that tour. 
And uh, just to go back to kind of the question I posed to you guys, I took it like whenever I heard Ron was going, I took it as a massive shock. I did not expect that to happen at all from him, um, from everything that he had said and mentioned prior to this. Um, it seemed he he was never beating around the bush like a Xander or a Cantlay or someone like that, where they kind of left the door open like, uh, I don't know, you know, I kind of leave that up to my my team and my management to let me know what the best opportunities are and stuff like that. Rom was like, tournament golf is not 54 holes and not no cut. Um, I don't agree with that. And, you know, $400 million wouldn't change my lifestyle in any way. Like I would be living the same way and it's not a big deal or whatever it may be. That's obviously paraphrasing. It's not verbatim of what he said, but that's the, the, the idea of what he said. And I took, I, I take Rom as a guy that, you know, he means what he says and i took him for his word and it was he did mean what he said he did mean what he said at the time he meant what he said i i david and i've had a conversation about this off off the podcast but i i put more emphasis in the june 6th than i think he does like i i think that was a turning point uh for a lot of people and then the rumblings around the Ryder cup kind of rumoring Rom potentially being a flight right. at risk. So you can say that, right? Like the June 6th thing, it was a big deal to Rom is what you're implying that that was, you know, a lack of trust or a lack of uh, leadership on the PGA tours front to be, you know, moving the tour in the right direction or whatever it may be. But in my opinion, such harsh words on the format and what live is like, none of that has changed. Like he said, that's not tournament golf. Like that's not what it is. And he's literally being like, yeah, fuck, I guess I'm not going to go play tournament golf. I'm just going to take a massive paycheck. And, but he, but he, but he, he will play the four tournament golf events that matter. He's got exemptions for them for the next five to eight years. That doesn't change what he said in the past. And it's just like, a massive change like what was stopping him from just rolling out this next year on the pga tour making 10 15 20 million dollars and playing in the majors nothing like he went for the money like you can say that Agreed. you can th- you can think like oh he's he's thinking that this move is going to make the merger happen sooner or it's going to it's going to help the merger happen because his weight that he carries and like his notoriety and stuff is going to make it that much more important for the PJ tour to come to the table and make something happen with the, with Piff and whatever it may be. But it's just like, no dude, he sold out. He fucking got the money. And I just, it's super. And both I, of those I, things, I, I, both I, of those things can be true. He could sell out and also yeah. think he's forcing a Like he's helping force a merger. Yeah. Just because he, he could still fully believe, Hey, 54 hole golf is not tournament golf. Yada, yada, yada. But if he knows something that we don't about this merger is going to happen sooner, or it's going to be like, cool, I'm going to take a year off from tournament golf, still play in the majors. And a year from now, the tours are actually going to merge and we're going to have regular 72 hole cut golf. Then I'm going to be back to doing and, it. And, and I just and he's, made a ton of money he, in the way. And he said publicly, he's like, I'm not renouncing my PGA tour card. Like I want to continue to play PGA tour events. I'd like to keep playing PGA tour events. If they'll let me like, I get that that's not, that's a fool's dream. Like that's not going to actually happen, but like, 
I wouldn't I, say that for sure. Well, then, Dave, that's kind of against your point. Like, he still wants to play tournament golf. No, my point is that he's a hypocrite. I agree, but my I'm I'm saying that yeah. like he's still open to playing tournament golf, and he wants to. He just wants to also take potentially between equity, like projected fictional equity. Yeah, and, but essentially what and, he said oh, oh, was on, like, oh, oh, oh. He, you won't okay. see me be playing there because it's not tournament golf. That's what he said. And yeah, he's a hypocrite in that respect. I, I think yes. the idea is, I, I said that at the beginning of the podcast. I called him a hypocrite, Dave. The, 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 whole, the whole idea here is that he's sacrificing what probably in, in his mind is one year of continuous PJ Tour tournament golf still getting eligible for all the majors hoping for a merger come 2025 and we keep calling it a merger when it's not a merger but let's just say the the yeah. the, the, the agreement or whatever and if if worst case scenario happens he plays live golf for three years still playing all the majors then he can do whatever the fuck he wants and he's 500 million dollars or probably like 300 million dollars richer 200 million dollars richer um it's an equity and whatever that is and fictional yeah. teams that nobody cares about um the that's also the, debatable if they have to, everything has to go perfectly right for live and people have to continue to care about golf, which is a longer podcast. Like the idea that people care that much about it's under golf the, the assumption that people will stop caring about golf at the PGR the PGA tour cease to exist. This is essentially a, a, a conversation no. we had off camera. He's like, people will not watch golf if the PGA tour doesn't exist because they can't. No, I said, I said hundreds of thousands of people will continue to watch live golf, but I don't, it won't ever reach a mass that's going to be worth the value of equity that they're telling these players it'll be worth. Like you think about how much an NBA or an NFL team is worth the amount of money that promising in terms of equity returns for these players, it's not gonna be worth because they won't have enough ratings to actually reach that number. Like it's just not a big enough sport. And I don't think this is going to help in any way. That's not, so it's, it's a little bit more yeah, nuanced a, than what that's you said. A, that's a bit of a change of tune of what you were saying last night, but no, okay. I think you just heard something you wanted to hear from me. Like I'm, that's the, what I've been trying to tell you. The fact of the matter is, is that this is still not enough. Rom's clearly his heart still isn't like long term into live. I think we all probably would agree on that. He's taking a fucking massive amount of money and everyone's got their number. And that's that's the state of things. Like, I, I think here, here I have a tweet from Gary Parrish from CBS that I think encapsulates what my general sentiment with this is too, which is John Rom should just tell the truth and simply, and simply say, I turned down a lot of live money previously because the PGA tour asked me to be loyal and insisted there would be no coming back. Then the PGA tour tried to go into business behind my back with the same people. They told me not to do business with that was disappointing and something that made me reconsider everything. So now I'm making the move to live because I'm not going to be dumb enough to pass on hundreds of millions of dollars again. Not when I also have to have these exemptions to majors that this year's masters win gives me like, I think in yeah. the most simplest terms, that's like kind of where my head's at with Rom too. Like, why and not? I want to kind of to continue on that. I think, and maybe this is my own way of thinking of things. It's pretty harsh to me that if you make a statement and you feel a certain type of way, and then the entire landscape of what the world you're living in changes that you're not allowed to have a change of heart or change of feelings that you're automatically a hypocrite because you said something two years ago. It's like, okay. But has, but it, has the entire landscape changed? No, the, that, it, it, like the landscape did, of the PGA tour hasn't really changed. It's the fact that every, every, 
everything that most people could see about the leadership at the PGA Tour shown its true colors. And they went behind their back and made a deal. And you can say that changes the landscape of it, but it's no, the, the PGA Tour leadership. No, no I th- been- I, I'm, I'm here with Ryan. That entirely changes the landscape. Like you have if two you say- rival tours and you're saying we're willing to become one. That changes the landscape, Dave, to your point. Like it's an ecosystem. And if it's just one right. thing, then it's no longer an ecosystem. It's just one thing. They literally went from we are arch enemies. We're diametrically opposed at every possible way to we are now business partners. Like that, you couldn't change that. We're building a long-term vision of cohesion anymore. and bringing everything in yeah. the envelope. Okay. I just think That's just I- how I feel. I, I I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like the statements he made, it, it, it they he he was either not being honest originally or he's just going against everything that he said before money. I think it's I think it's the latter. Like, I think he's going against everything that he said. But at the end of the day, like, I think between the the, the number getting bigger, a potential quote unquote merger on the horizon and the the betrayal from leadership and the the pulling down of the curtain that there is a clear separation forever between the two made a confluence of different things together to make this decision happen. Right. I guess my whole thing is I think it's okay for people to have a change of heart based on new information that they receive. Like I I don't think that you have to say one thing and then you're locked into that forever. So no, no, I, no one is, but I think that you hold people accountable to what they say, right? What I, they said. I, and I think, I think Rom's a stand up enough guy that if his contract didn't say like, you can't say this, like yeah, he would have that's been speculation. like, that's you assuming that's what the contract says. You don't know I, that. Okay. Well then Rom's worse of a guy than I thought he was, Dave. I think Rom is a fucking dirtbag piece of shit hypocrite. If what I'm saying isn't true. And I think, yeah, he has a gag order in his contract. That's what I think is most logical because what we know about Rom the last six years of him talking, or he's embarrassed to fucking say what he what like actually is the thing, and he's it, it's easier for him to say I'm doing it to grow the game and I like the team aspect and stuff like that because that's the easy route to say on interviews. It's not as easy just, to be like, hey, I'm actually gonna ha- walk back what I said, and I'm actually selling out for money because who doesn't want four hundred million dollars? Like, you know. The important thing is both of those are assumptions. Like you, you are either assuming that he's scared and he took the easier out, or you're assuming there's a gag order, right? We don't have the answer. So I would say like, we don't need to make a judgment on his character because we don't have any idea. And maybe that's. And, and I'm saying like, my thing because I want to like Rom. Right. Like, I don't want him to be a, a, a coward. Like I want him to make a decision that he thinks is right and that he's contractually obligated to not say anything negative as much as I think that's an infringement on all sorts of different things. Like that's the contract. I don't even think that matters because if you actually did stand up or care about like stand behind what you said before, like you make tons of money already, like it wouldn't have been that big of a deal to stay on the PGA tour. Dave, well, welcome to my world for every fucking person that went to live. But that's the world that we live in, where people go over there and they compromise their. Yeah, I get you. I just feel like I feel like uh, for whatever reason, like it's like you know we we like Rom and we want to like Rom, and it, it, it people are taking or I guess I can't 
you know, lump people in, but I feel like people are taking like a softer kind of stance at ROM. Whereas the people that went initially or earlier on got a much harsher kind of judgment for what they did. Because I think there's a clear difference of making the move before June 6th than after June 6th. I truly do. And so do I. I I think that it's, uh, I might as well get my money while I can because this is, he, you know, potentially thinks like this is imminent that these tours. Do you you not consider what the PGA Tour did to be a betrayal to the membership? I 100% do. So do you not believe people have some level of right to respond? In well, as far as betrayal, let me just elaborate a little bit on that. Betrayal, I, I think it's a, a a massive, massive just not bringing the players in to... It's a member-owned and run organization yeah, and they, that the wasn't notified that they... of a decision that would fully change the dynamic of the industry of the of and, the of the and organization that's, and that's where i was going like they didn't involve them in any way shape or form and that was a massive fuck up by them and lacked foresight a hundred percent and uh yeah to me to me it's just like i'm gonna go get this bag while i know it's there and while i can and I don't care what I've said in the past, and I'm just going to go do it. But is it not like, okay, I am speaking out against Liv because I want to take care of the PGA Tour, and I believe they're taking care of me. I want to make sure that it's around for the long haul and the most successful league. And then it's like, oh, we're business partners with them anyway. Like, that's all all of those reasons that you would have to stay on the PGA we're, Tour. We're, we're trying to be, right? Like, yeah, our leadership but, is trying to make us long-term business partners to keep it, a unsustainable TV deal in place it, that we can't crumble yeah. underneath it. We don't want to go is bankrupt. There, is there not a world where John Rom jumping to live gives live momentum and they sign more players and there's a world where there isn't a PGA Tour? Where Do we think that's not, what? Where, well, no, no, no. Let me just say, like, is there not a, a possibility or a world where there is a potential to where this gives the momentum to guys to hop over and the PGA Tour ceases to exist in the future because he was maybe the piece to fall and give them the momentum they needed and then they become the prominent tour and all of the Saudi money is paying these guys unrealistic amounts of money and everyone goes over there and the history, the legacy and all that that he talked about beforehand is now, you know, to to the history books, it ceased to exist. I think that requires a lot of things to go perfectly right for the Saudis and them to have full commitment for decades into a sport that may not actually in the long term turn out to be the instrument into the tentacle system of capital America that they want it to be. But let's also take into consideration too, that live is a league of 48 players and the entire feeder system around the world will probably cease to exist if they can't perfectly juggle and marionette all those different pieces. And that requires all the feeder system of the PGA tour. Like, I don't well, know I if think there's already, exist. I think there's already I don't, talks I don't, of them going I don't think, up to more players and more teams, but. But we're talking about the PJ Tour and the DP World Tour's feeder systems being an, a collection of five to six tours on top of it that are all instrumented and organized by those organizations. So I don't see how Liv just vacuums all that up perfectly, handles the organizational transition like excellently, and everything goes swimmingly for them to be able to just take over the reins of global golf without a hitch. Like, I, I think it's a very difficult... 
I'm not saying it happens overnight, but also I'm not so sure. And again, I don't know if this is the case or not. I'm not so sure that's their goal. I think it's, their goal I don't think is, it is probably to be merged with the PJ tour, be a majority stakeholder in a tour that's already has relationships and partnerships in the U S and a TV contracts and all of that in a way that they can leech off of it for lack of a better term versus overtake it. Uh, I mean, they forced Yasser, their hand into the game. Yasser approached Jay years before they ever even talked to Andy Gardner that stole the idea from the PGL or whatever the hell it was supposed to be right. called. Like, like the idea is that they just wanted to be part of the ecosystem of capital investment and businesses relationships that come afford you in the golf world. And live was their way of trying to jumpstart that after the PJ tour, like, Andy Gardner, like they wouldn't take a meeting with, and then you know, humor it didn't treat as a serious threat. And like, it doesn't seem like Yasser truly wants to run a tour right. with the PIF. They clearly that that's not what they wanted to do when they bought a Premier League team. That's not what they want to do when they made a huge investment in F1. Like, they clearly want to have a very malleable, you know, transactional relationship with these organizations that do this for a living for decades. But right now, they're strong arming, which is, so I think let, is the right move so, in their situation. So, let me ask you this. <laughs> Let's jump forward five years. Where do you see professional golf? Is it a a world tour with the top 80, let's say 80 players or 85 players, something like that, that have European tournaments. They have a Asian swing, a couple stops in Australia, a good chunk in the United States. And the best players in the world, kind of like a live style, you know, there might be a team aspect or something along those lines, a world tour. And then there are feeder tours that, you know, you can play your way into this world tour or however they may go about it. There's a European one, there's a United States one, and they all feed into this tour. Or do you see it to where that's still, you know, the PGA tour and live or, 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 or what do you what do you what do you see on the horizon? How do you see all of this playing out? I mean, I don't think it's I don't think I can make a guess like that's like and say, like, I think this is going to happen. I, I think to your point, I think there's a lot of different permutations that could take place. I think if you were having like a gun to my head, you have to make a decision. I think the definitive agreement after more massaging and more back and forth with the DOJ and all those different things. And maybe it drag drags out into 2024 to the end of 2025. Like at the end of the day, I think the Saudis just, the PIF just wants to be a part of professional golf. And if they have less to do with the logistics and organization of a league, the, the better for them. Like at the end of the day, they're just trying to diversify their economy outside of oil. Like that, that that's what they're trying to do. Um, and I, I don't think running a, a a golf league that likely will never get more valuable than what its current value is now, knowing that Tiger is eventually going to fade out of relevancy. Like I I just think they start, they're trying to get connected to more businesses. So whatever form that takes, that's what's going to happen because they have enough money to make it happen. Like what whatever that looks like. I I don't I don't think. If a global tour happens, it'll likely be under some sort of co-partnership and management between the PGA Tour and PIF, if that whatever the PGA Tour so enterprise you, thing. So you, so you don't think there will be like I don't know. That was a very like I don't. So essentially, you're saying you don't know what's going to happen. 
Yeah, all I can say like, is the I I I have no idea what's going to happen. Right, that's what I said. Is like I I I can't speculate with a confident answer of what's going to happen with all of this, other than I just think at the end of the day, like Yasser and MBS just want to be part of American business, and I don't think having a golf league is like their end goal aim of this. It just seems to be like a means to an end. And I think uh, I just disagree with that because wrong. they have their they have their hand in like a to whole ton of sports and different industries. I don't think like golf is the like like you said like it's one of many things they're doing. Like I I don't know. I, it seems like I their approach to golf was different because it had to be because the PGA Tour wouldn't play ball though, right? Like they would have rather just bought in like they did in soccer f1 newcastle and, yeah yeah and the tour was like yeah we don't really vibe with that They're like cool then we're gonna take over the league until you decide to let us in it is the vibe that i get i i guess to make my question more succinct do you think that it do you think the PGA tour will still be like, do you think like the PGA tour will take live over or do you think that there's going to be a new tour that emerges and then there will be feeder tours? Well, I mean, I, I have a hard time resonating with the question because like, do you, do I think that live and PGA will merge and then call their tour something different altogether? Or do I think that after a potential merger, they go with the live name, or they after a potential merger, they go with the Essentially, PGA Tour name. My question: It's it's pretty simple. Do you think that the best players in the world are going to be playing on one tour together in, let's say, five years, or do you think that it's going to be a fractured game still? That's okay. That that's a much I think more like no. It's exactly what I was fucking saying beforehand. I could yeah, I could tell where you were getting but it doesn't matter i i think everyone will be on one tour five years from now and whether that's live or pga See, or new Golf i think it's a different whatever. question because that doesn't you're not asking specifically what organization owns the responsibility and the stewardship of that tour sure. and who has the control of all of it i think that's there's two layers to that question and if you're just asking yeah. are all the best players playing in the same tour of the world is a different question than is it run by Live or is it run by PGA? Well, like I that, think it's the, very yeah. simple to assume that the Saudis are going to be involved if there's one tour, all the best players playing on it. Sure, there's a difference between having a seat at the table, like we talked about three months ago when the definitive agreement was kind of like being molded around by us, or it's just live golf and they yeah, bought every never, player and the PGA Tour ceases to exist. In my question, I never said like who's running it or anything like that. I was just asking if you think there's going to be a tour that the 80 best players in the world are playing on and there's going to be feeder tours or do you think it's going to be a fractured game still? Like that was the initial question and you didn't want to like you couldn't say you like you couldn't answer. Yeah, it's still the same. I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty simple. I think there's going to be a tour that the top players are playing on and all of the fucking mules and all of the up and come players are all going to be on feeder tours and they're going to have to play their way into this big tour. That's what I think is going to happen. I, I agree. Yeah. I think it's pretty straightforward. How we get there, I'm not exactly sure. That's why I preface it like five years from now. Um, yeah. I think that the game could get much more divided and that the mundane tournaments week in and week out are going to be that much more mundane between the PGA Tour and Live, and that the majors are going to be 
what we look forward to and they're going to be that much more exciting because the best players in the world are all finally getting together to play golf. Uh, so that could be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, this next year is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be the most divided we've ever seen golf. And uh, but I think it's going to make the majors that much more exciting. Um, but yeah, I do think that in the long term, we will eventually see all the best players back playing together and they're going to be on one tour. And I think it's going to be a look a lot like, you know, whether you want to say the, you know, the WGC events, or if you want to say like live, is there going to be a team aspect to it? I don't know, but I, do, I think they're all let, going to be. Let's say, let's say there is like this for a sake of like hypothetical. Let's say that there is like this, this one tour to rule them all. And you have, you have 80 guys on it and it's like this quote unquote world tour. Like, do we actually see it being a world tour or is it the exact thing that PJ tour is doing right now, but it's just hyper exclusive because all of the ratings are in the U S for the most part, the game really can't be global global because of TV deals and time zones. No one's going to fucking Asia because they're not going to get ad revenue from it. Like, unless we just think the Saudis are so dead set on making it a global game that they'll just bankroll everything, no matter what, despite ratings, because they want to make it a quote unquote global tour. Like it, there's a reason that the the PJ Tour and Global Golf, for the most part, is in the United States because that's where the money is. Like, I don't disagree it, with that, and that could very well be. Uh, my my point was more, or my question is more: Do you think there's the the best players in the world are going to be playing together? It very well may not be a global tour. It could be, like you said, much similar to what we see now. Maybe just WGCs more... throughout the year with these guys, eighty player Basically. WGC events, no cuts, best players. There, we might under get umbrella. So we might get an Australia tournament fucking trickled in there. We there might be some European stops trickled in there, but it's going to be primarily in the United States. If I had to be place a bet, or if I was a wagering man on that, like Epic, I would say, I would say 65 percent of the tournaments at minimum would probably be in the united states i think the strongest argument to your thing that it's so straightforward and simple is less that like it's what's best for the game but more like it, the pga tour can't survive five years if like it's a fractured game yeah. like in the in the sense of like it if the, if if live expands its field and like makes it a bigger bigger pool they can draw over more players and they can bankroll feeder systems that are even more like lucrative and they truly do spend way too much fucking money for what the sport's worth like then yeah like you could incent like almost just out of spite like kill the pga tour um but i i don't see a world in five years where either they find a resolution in terms of you know an alliance or like one just dies either from the PJ tour from money or Saudi out of disinterest. Like, okay, this just isn't worth the effort. And it's just so painful with the DOJ. Like, let's just move on to something else. Like MBS could get, at the end of the day, we're still dealing with a guy who could just change his mind. Like the, if the world of golf and professional golf is in the hands of MBS, like that's an extremely fickle sport. Like a regime change is all it takes a changeover in, in leadership within the Royal family for golf to become irrelevant to the world. Yeah. I mean, I think if there is the one, one tour you know we're kind of talking about i don't think they're gonna they may like in a wild world they may have a majority stake in this tour but if like a regime change comes in like i'm sure 
the people that are at the table will take over and figure out something from there. Some but, optimistic thinking. <laughs> Some optimistic I think, thinking. I, I just I just refuse to believe that wouldn't be the case, but so my overall sentiment that I didn't lead with when I really when all the John Rom stuff happened, my main thought was like this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I am almost to the point where I'm ready to just be a majors guy. Between all of the stuff that's happening with the live drama, we've got the highest paid dudes are mad about how much they're getting paid. The lowest paid dudes are mad about how much they're getting paid. We're worried about 12 yards of distance on the golf ball. We've got all this other drama. Like the game of golf as a whole has gotten to be so exhausting um, that I'm almost just like, man, I'm going to watch the four majors and that's about it. I don't know if y'all had... Well, honestly, honestly, that's kind of how last year was. There was like a handful of tournaments outside of the majors that were kind of worth, you know, tuning into. But like it, you know, you know, even if you don't think like the guys that went to live as far as like from Cam Cam Smith on um, those, there are some names over there and it did take away a little bit you know and it like you know it's a guy or three guys at given tournaments week in and week out that aren't there and they're you know what relatively big names if it's Abe Answer or Joaquin Neiman or Bryson or whoever it may be like those were guys that were sprinkled in at these tournaments and it makes a big deal and if there are more guys going like I by by no means do I think John Rahm is going to be the last guy that is signed over to live before this new season starts. Um, Tony Finau just came out today. Um, he has, you know, I guess pledged his allegiance to the PGA tour. So uh, that went the opposite. It's fealty, way. right? Fealty. We're all <laughs> about fealty. Be careful with fealty. Pledge just fealty to the PGA tour. <laughs> um, but I definitely thought that was going the the opposite direction because it by all means it seemed like John Rom left and Tiger the same, Tiger the, called him the, Tiger the called same, him the same <laughs> the same people that were reporting on the John Rom shit were reporting that Tony Finau were was was going to make the jump and he kind of made some you know statements to where it sounded like. You know, I'm not I, I, I'm not going to really make a comment or I have nothing to say at this moment. And generally, when people make comments like that, it's like, OK, it's going it's going that direction. Like it's going to go to where he's going to live. Um, but that didn't I, if you take the guy at his word and from what he says, he's going to be playing the PGA Tour this coming season. Do we take anybody at their word anymore? Like is truly is there anyone that you take at their word at this point? I want to say I hope that I can take Finau at his word. Like the man is in my wolf pack because he's a good guy, so is Rom. And a family man. So is Rom. Listen, Rom <laughs> is giving me Rom is giving me food for thought. Is all I'm gonna say. I I love the guy. I love his game. Um, he's in the wolf pack for now and right now. Like I, that hasn't changed. But uh, you know, you know everything we went over with, you know the stuff he had said and going to live now and. Stuff like that. I would have been much more in with Rom if he and kid can say that he has a gag order, but he if he went and just was like, "Listen, man, 
the PGA Tour leadership fucked up. Like they're full of shit. Yeah, the um, the tweet that I read out. Like if he had just yeah. said if he had said that, like it'd be a, it'd be a slightly different story. And he was I think like, for a lot of people. I have an opportunity to make three hundred million dollars, and the you know I'm probably going to be playing with the best players in the world at least you know let's say two years from now at minimum or at, at most or, or you know in April like yeah. <laughs> with the at the end of the day guys like still the majors are what matter that's what your legacy is built on we talk about with Rory every fucking day like <laughs> Rom is playing the fucking tournaments that matter and at the end of the day like golf is becoming tennis like the best players I show mean, up to could, play the majors it, it could happen to where enough people go to live and if they're not getting world ranking points um that the majors aren't the best players in the world too they would have I, to make I, some I, sort I think... of invites and stuff like that or change the way they make points that would be a huge happen. change i think that would take a lot now i'm not saying it's impossible by any means but i, I mean think... rom is going to start plummeting I yeah, mean, but he's it's, got exemptions. It's, yeah, what? he's got he's got yeah, multi-year exemptions. From I know he has exemptions, but Rom in o in the OWGR is going to start plummeting for sure. Yeah. Right. So, but that... I, I at, at some point the OWGR, which I've been been beating a dead horse since the beginning, um, that there needs to be some sort of way that you figure out whether it, it's math. It's not that hard to figure out. E, like, e, even way. if they do instrument the system to, to tie in points to it, it's not going to be enough because of the strength of the field and the limited players that are in it. Like the idea is that like, but even it, if you adjust for the 54, stronger, you know, yeah, but like, still like, it's still 10 guys that are like, that would be competitive on the PJ tour right now. I don't think like, you have, I don't, I don't think you would go off of holes or you would just go off of strength of field and that tournament and the place you got in that tournament. You, you wouldn't go off of the holes like this one's 54, this one's 72. I don't think you could do that. I like obviously, you we'll obviously have... you could do that, but I don't think they would do that. I think the merger will resolve itself more quickly than there will need to be a change in OWGR. I don't think I don't think a decision's being made. They're they're kicking the can come the 31st. There's there yeah. I I have a hard time believing consensus is coming on the and 31st. And we haven't even talked like we haven't even talked about the fact that they're bringing in like private equity money and stuff like that like whenever the DOJ shit hit like it it yeah. may not be as simple as it seems to be able to get like live or the PIF and the tour to merge and or figure out a, a a tour together. So this is me completely outside of my depth legally um, and like how like antitrust law works and all these different pieces. But I think both what Liv is doing to make themselves seem more competitive with pulling over ROM for leverage and that sort of stuff. The PJ tour going to private equity money. It's, it's I think it's trying to bolster the case that like you could make a merger and it wouldn't be like anti-competitive in that right. way like i think the idea that like if the pj tour was making no good faith effort to like find other avenues of survival like doesn't help their case with the doj yeah so you think but that comes that, that comes from somebody that fuck, you think they're fucking up taking the private equity money no i'm saying i think it's what's it's a necessary step in building a an option or flexibility for the merger to be possible. Like I think saying in good like, faith, you have to show the like DOJ another, saying another tour could come up and it's not anti-competitive. Yeah. I think the idea or in the sense that like 
we are making our best effort with private equity money to make a tour that's sustainable and competitive with with live and if it's impossible for them then like why are you blocking us because you're basically saying that we we cease to exist so like you're saying you're forcibly saying the american entity that is the pga tour is being oh. removed from this market by the judicial system because there's yeah. no way no, for us I to get, compete I, I get it now yeah. sorry you're pretty much saying it's pretty much like hey without this it's not possible or with this, it is possible. We're going to go now do it. But like, if they make no effort at all, the DOJ is like, you're not even trying. Like, we're blocking this. Like, yeah, you're taking no, it's a bad sense. faith effort. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cause I was looking at the private equity thing. Like, they're, they're moving, like, they don't want to make a deal with PIF. Like, they're, they're seeking, seeking, you know, something else. But if it is, you know, what you're saying and they're trying to make an effort to make it seem like, you know, we're trying to do it this way. But if it doesn't work, like this is the only route. Right. Then, yeah. Right. It's not in the United States best interest to allow the PGA Tour to fail and to be, a, you know, absorptive or taken over. The idea is that like they want to continue to generate wealth within a company owned and regulated by the United States that garners wealth and has the instrument connections to the capital industries of the United States. Like it's in their best interest to allow it. If it cover covers underneath the circumstances that the definitive agreement outlined. What? Well, I mean the PGA tour up in the, up until a few years ago was essentially a monopoly and they, they pretty much got it overridden by the DOJ or the judicial system because of the reasons you're laying out. Like, you know, they, there wasn't really another option like for it to happen. Like you want to have the best people playing it against the best people for the best product and for people to make money, et cetera, et cetera. And sports is a weird thing though, in this case, in the sense that like yeah. you could call the NFL monopoly, the XFL is never right. going to become like a competitive partner. You could say the same thing with MLB, like sports is tough because you want consolidation. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's that's kind of the point I was making is you want the best people playing against the best people. So they make an exception in that case for that. But it is tricky when it comes to business because it is a monopoly in that in that, you know, frame. Um, but you do want to have the best people playing against the best people. So and yeah. I don't think uh, and, on, and on the consumer side, like it makes it that much worse for everybody when they're not playing against each other because you're getting a, a worse product, you know? For sure. I, and, uh, and go ahead. Jim. I was gonna say like, if there's anything positive that could potentially come out of a, a massive merger and a, or acquisition and a pip infusion of capital into the PJ tour system that supports artificially inflated purses for people that aren't worth that amount of money for how much ratings they drive, at least we should expect less commercials. That's that's the only only positive to take away from it. God, you'd hope so. I I uh I I do think there's a world where we come out of this and we are happy with the product and what we're watching. I think yeah. that it could be uh you know I I I like the idea of you know the top 80 players playing together and you know the bottom 30 get cut off on at the cut and then the top 50 are playing together for that week i think that could be a very great thing i think as we've been seeing 
that, you know, the, you know, second half of that normal 140, 150 PGA tour players, the mules, if you will, will be upset with it. Um, but you know, it is what it is like, congrats on your pension. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you. Play better is what the phrase that is, you know, kind of continued to go around. Um, but yeah, there, there, I, there's there's two there's too many pro golfers. Like if we're being completely right. honest for like the system that's in place, like you need to take care of the thing that drives the product and the viewership and the engagement in the sport. And then you have to then sort out the rest of it as much as that yeah. sounds calloused and heartless and it, it, it changes people's ability to go after their dreams. Like if you want professional golf on a large level to survive and these like overcompensated, you know, narcissist at the top of the sport, like to stay around that drive the ratings, like that's what needs to happen. And yeah. if that becomes the MLB with minor leagues that no one pays attention to, like that's what it is. Like, I mean, that's already what golf is for the most part. Like, it's just that you're going to bring that number. number. Da- yeah. Bring that number down. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Like, listen, so like, too bad so sad you're not in that top 80 like i i know you feel like you had it you know better and you might have um but you know play practice harder and maybe yeah, you don't exactly. have it maybe you, you don't have it man like there's tons of fucking d1 fucking college football players that fucking thought they had it and end up not having it and they go and they go through fucking that first initial NFL fucking practice or you're on second team or whatever it is. And then you just don't get called to the you fucking roster. Out and, yeah. And I think that's playing. the one thing that teams could make interesting about pro golf. If we just take the, just the concept of teams that if you build a roster and you field players that go into a, uh, into a tour system and you have like guys that are solidified based on merit performance and you have like a bottom, let's say fifth that are always subject to get pulled in and out. Like you have organizations that can bankroll potential talent to come in because if it's a purely meritocracy and like you have a feeder system that doesn't have isn't tied to an organization, there isn't much safety net or like room for like building and developing where no one will have the capital investment to be able to push themselves to become pro golfers because there won't be money down there. They won't have the same structured system. So I think think there's I think there is very much a world and I honestly hope for it that team golf is incorporated in some fashion i think there is a way to be able to do the individual tournament and wrap the team into it somehow and it work out um and i think that's a huge thing like uh, if nike sponsored a team if adidas sponsored a team callaway all the golf stuff like certain teams and you have that guy that last guy the last two guys that drop off at the end of the season and then you make trades like the live did a ridiculous yeah. trade with Matt Wolf and Taylor Gooch. But let's just say you did that and you disclosed like, Hey, we were trying to make room for our, our mark in the amount of money we can spend for our team. What if golf were other sports? <laughs> and I, like that's, <laughs> that's what we're trying to get to is yeah, but other possible. Uh, uh, other sports are the way they are for a reason. And I think like there could, I wasn't being be... glib. I'm being honest. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm simplifying and succinctly like saying what we all want, which is like, we want golf to have ongoing, you know, meta text for us to pay attention to off of the field. And, yeah. 
you know, that is inherent. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, like the Saudis had a plan that could have been entertaining, like because they stole it from people that actually thought about it for a long time to build it. The issue is execution and the talent. And then the idea is there's the schlockiness and the bad execution of the teams themselves and what they're doing around not having a draft really in like a, a succinct way yearly and then not having the system that feeds into it. And all, like it needs more infrastructure in, yes. in general that it's lacking. And that's, I mean, give it time like and, and see what happens. But um, I think we'd love to fast forward you know, 20 years and golf looks more like the NBA or the NFL than it looks like golf. And it still carries a weight of traditional competitiveness. And you have kind of the thing, like the majors stay the same, but like the, the golf ecosystem around it is more entertainment driven. And then like and there's how, a sanctity of competition at the majors. And how cool would it be if it was like during the year, like it was this kind of team thing, like it, Obviously, there's an individual aspect to it, but they have incorporated the team in a way that I'm not exactly sure at this moment, but they have done it and figured it out. And most of the tournaments are like that. And then four times a year, you have the traditional 140-man field, traditional cut at the majors, all the best players in the world. Um, it would, I, I think it would be a really cool, cool environment and a, and a cool ecosystem for golf going forward. I, I think I feel similarly and I don't know if it's because I've been deprived of good entertainment from golf and its product for decades that makes it a, a, like I just want something fresh and new that I want to get behind and not have any moral quandaries about it and then you and then or is it just that the PJ Tour system is actually really ripe for entertainment because I loved the waste management two years ago and I loved Riv and Max and Rom battling it out this year and just being like or is it just that I have too many fucking commercials and I can't get through to the product in a way that makes me actually enjoy it? And like this team thing is just being like, send me into a world where I get something new and fresh because I hate the product right now. Like I, I truly don't know if or, I'm just like or are in there a, in too a many, place of torture state. Or are there too many commercials because they are trying to pay for too many players playing in the tournaments, right? So like well, I, that, I, that I, was a problem I, before or, Liv was around, I think that, right? They, or, or it's that the players... Were, or the players the are overpaid. Yeah. I'm not the, saying they're overpaid, but you would have more money. No, I'm you know, saying they're getting overpaid. overpaid. I, they I got into that. a TV deal to pay for people that think they're worth more than they are. I understand right. that. But there's a way to restructure if you cut the field in half and you divvy out the lump pay like more, you know, higher towards the top and lower towards the bottom more so than it is now in some way that it would work out better. That is definitely, I think something the tour is going to explore and there's going to be a lot that changes because of Rom going and everything that that will follow that. Um, I think the tour has got a long time to figure it out. And I think we've gotten pretty meta here. Uh, do y'all want to transition to the part of the game that's going to affect us directly? Um, being yeah, the rollback, we can, we can definitely transition to the rollback. But w before we do that, is there any last like kind of thoughts or conclusions to, you know, just the the news of Rom going to live and the immediate future of the game of golf? And do you think there are going to be, you know, any prominent? And I'm not saying to name names, but do you think there's going to be any significant people? making the leap as well let's say to to 
minimum three, three or four at most. I don't know. I, I, I don't really care at this point either. Like I, I'm pretty apathetic to the whole system at this point to Ryan's point. Like I have a hard time mustering up the even energy to talk about it. Like I, I, I don't know if Ryan and I, cause I share your kind of apathy to this situation now. And like, I don't know if I give a shit anymore. I don't know if it's a product of us not caring enough or it's that we have been so desensitized to everything on social media and like the whole discourse and it just going on and on and on and the same shit being spewed back and forth. And I'm just like, I'm just done. I'm over it. I'm over it. And I just want to just sit back, just see what happens and just like things happen as they may. I'm not going to be surprised by anything anymore. Like, let's just let them fucking sort out their mess. And I think generally speaking, the main thing that I think is like the question mark right now and that we don't have time on the podcast to really dig into is like, I don't know what the PJ tour management system and like direction and captaincy really looks like going forward. I, I I'm just interested to see how this Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantley, Tiger Woods cabal is going to hang out and uh, what what's going to come of that. Um, Cause obviously after June 6, Rory's just like drop my, I'm the fuck get I'm fucking done yeah. with this shit. Like, yeah. so I, I think at the end of the day, that that'll be an interesting shoe to drop just see like how do they manage to keep that, you know, sinking ship from dropping to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, because I think you know, Jordan had an interesting statement about uh John Rom's leave. He's like, I, I can't remember exactly what he said. I would have to look it up on social, but he's like both systems seem shaky and it just looks like somebody who was like, ah, I could make some money because both these things are rough. That's a terrible paraphrase, but so Ryan, he said Jordan Spieth and John Robinson. I don't think for him, it was the money. I believe he saw two places that neither one was in a great situation right now. And he said, may as well have the money. Yeah. Do you have anything to add or conclude on the whole situation, Ryan? I am not going to be surprised if we see two or three more names. Um, and at this point, I think the more interesting side to me is just how quickly do we get a resolution of the merger? And I don't really want to keep up with it. I just want to know when it happens and what that looks like. Um as things develop, I think that's where we're going to get our answers is on the business side, not necessarily the tour side. Is it fair to say that there's going to be a lack of engagement as a whole to golf in general until they come to a solution for all of this? I would assume so. I mean, we're the type of people who literally do a podcast just for fun to talk about golf and have a fantasy league that we've created on our own. So if you've found a way to generate apathy and possibly like drive people like me or kid away, I would imagine somebody who's less engaged and motivated to listen is. We might be in a bad spot away. though. And my point earlier, I mean like we might be too close to it where we, we're That's getting true. too much of the fucking radiation of the radioactivity of this, where I think people that are far enough away are just like, Hmm, seems like a lot oh, of drama. That's crazy. Yeah, like that's true. I'll keep watching, just, and I'm just gonna turn golf on. On on exactly. Like I, I think right. the 16, 70 year olds that are watching on Golf Channel probably aren't affected that much by all this. They're just like, huh, sure. that that Spaniard's gone. All right, like yeah, or crazy. huh, he was good. I like John Rom. I'm gonna go to the CW or like whatever the case may be. Like I don't. I think we're just at like a the the. You're you're right. The, the radiation zone that it's just like fire. we're just like god this is fucking exhausting and i'm tired of it like i i need a break like from 
consuming all this golf media that has nothing to do with golf shots. I, I, I can't remember the last time I talked about a golf shot or like how fun like that golf event was to watch. I get that we're in the off season, but like it, 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 it was the Ryder cup. And even before then it was the open champion. Like it, it just feels like I mean, the, the Ryder the, cup was fucking awesome. Like the Ryder cup. Yeah. And we're in the off season. So it's, it's going to be tough, difficult to come by, but I think the, the, the moments of talking about it are going to be fewer and fewer and far between going into 2024. And as someone who's building a, a fantasy league again for 2024, like I'm not really looking forward to the management of it and like tuning into the events all that much. Cause it just feels like, cool like all of the juice is now spread out like in a lot of different ways or like i'm missing one of my favorite golfers on the pga tour that can be in the mix with guys that i respect a lot like that just that that sucks like i, I just it just is a bummer like i don't really know what else to say yeah yeah all right well i think that we can transition into the latter of the conversation with the golf role golf ball rollback um the usga and the rna have uh come out and uh i guess kind of solidified a proposal to i believe by 2028 to roll the golf ball back um essentially they're going to be using the same testing and same standards that they are currently but are going to be moving the golf ball or the golf club speed up 125 to- yeah yeah, yeah, up to 125 from 120, I believe. Correct. Yeah, yeah 120 um, to 125, and they, I think they changed the attack angle to be more upright too, right? At like seven degrees or something like that. Uh, I'm not with lower spin because they 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 they, cha- they changed the sp- swing speed, the spin, and the attack angle. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because the attack angle was 11, and they were like the this isn't or the the loft of the driver that was hitting was, it was at I, 11. Yeah. And then and they changed it to seven, that. right? Something like yeah, that. Something like that. I, Let me preface it by saying I didn't read the USG distance report. I haven't dug into any of the data and I'm not an expert on any of this. Like, yeah, and I, I mean, none, tr- none of us are. We're just a couple of guys that golf on the weekends and uh, like golf a lot. And uh, like, and there is an organization out there that spent millions of dollars on research over the course of a decade with people that know this stuff way better than me that like, those are, those yeah. are the golf scientists. Yeah. But think... we're, we're, we're going to be here to give our two cents and what we think about it. And I think it, that's perfectly fine. I'm fairly certain that they're, what they're projecting. And if y'all remember this better than I do, it's going to be about a 5% distance decrease which is like 15 yards with driver. And I think it might even be less or, than closer to 12 for the pros for the fastest for the pros. pros. If you can generate a 125 club head speed, which good for you at those optimized angles and everything like, right. It, from my understanding, once again, didn't read the district board. I read a lot of people who supposedly read it and then surmised what they had said and read some brief papers that were quoting it. It's, a marginal amount of distance for the biggest guys that it impacts the most, the Rory's of the world. And then it slowly goes down a diminishing returns curve of distance impact to the point where if you get below certain swing speeds, it's pretty much negligible. And even for the pros, it's negligible after like a five iron. Like it truly is the peak of swing speed that it affects. So uh, I think a good place to start is just how we felt about this 
Um, I was pro bifurcation. I don't know why this we need to play the same ball as the tour players. But as a whole, after we decided that wasn't going to happen, this rollback seems like a lot of kind of kicking and screaming about nothing. Like we're talking about 12 to 15 yards. That seems really pretty insignificant if what the impact is, is we get to save a lot of golf courses and make, you know, real things in and make golf more sustainable (laughs) and not lose courses. Um, So I I guess I'm I think that's like to to the like losing golf courses thing. Like you would only be losing golf courses to the professionals, the elite players. Right. right? Like you're not losing golf courses to the average Joe. Um, well, and, right. and, and Mike Wan's statements too, is, was that like this golf rollback is not bringing any courses back that we lost before. It's not putting any new Correct. courses into the envelope per what he said. The idea is that like, they're just trying to slow down the trend that they've been seeing for decades and not put more courses into the unplayable envelope. Well, essentially uh, what, what, and this is a, essentially a quote from him. It's not verbatim because I don't remember exactly what he said. But he essentially said, like, 15 years down the road, if the players are hitting as far as they are right now um, on tour, that it would be a massive success to him. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about an exchange with a professional. It's like, you know what? You took 10 yards away from us. We're going to go find those 10 yards again. We're going to prove you wrong. He's like, no, that's exactly what I'm planning for is that you guys will continue to find a way to get longer and this is a way to mitigate that distance like that's my whole point is that like you guys are going to keep becoming better athletes you're going to keep optimizing you're going to keep using technology in different ways to get more discs out of it like this is our way to mitigate that at the top end of the pros like that's yeah. so i guess my sentiment is like why why does everyone care so much like this seems like nothing to me because it, 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 it's it's similar to the electric cycle, Ryan, is that someone finds a talking point that they know will be inflammatory, that people are going to lose their shit about. It's like, don't take five yards from my backyard. And yeah. that's that's the issue. Like, that's the problem is that people don't want to lose distance because distance isn't a problem for the recreational player. We don't want to lose distance for the most part. The difference is, is that, like, you're barely going to notice it, if at all. Like, you're probably not swinging it hard enough. And also, like, my guess, and Dave and I were laughing about this yesterday, is like, my guess is that you're not shooting lower scores because you're not long enough, bud. Like that's right. not what's stopping you from becoming a scratch. Yeah, let's roll some putts. <laughs> but so, yeah, but even on the tour level, I don't get why they're so. Uh, like again, it just seems like okay, this is a change we're making. Every tour gonna... player on the tour is sponsored by an equipment manufacturer. Yeah, it was the uh, the like uh, and. This I'm pretty sure Mike. Uh, I listened to an NLU podcast with Mike Wan, and I don't Martin remember Slumbers. Yes, uh, the RNA chairman. Um, and the the lack of bifurcation is on the equipment manufacturers, the ball manufacturers, and I don't really understand that really because i feel like they could still like sell the pro v1 or you know the titleist or the tailor-made tp5 or whatever to the public while having a a you know tournament ball or whatever they want to label it as i think Um, their issue is that the amount of cost and r&d would take to manufacture and produce a tournament ball 
that no one's buying is going to be exorbitantly expensive because the public bank rolls a development for the so pros. they want they want everyone to buy it to to, to pay for the r d yes. exactly because surely and they're not, producing a thousand but, but golf we, balls or something for the pros like that wouldn't be the cost of no, manufacturing that, wouldn't no be that makes that the, that makes sense that makes sense. the r d does yeah so like I, I understand why club manufacturers don't want bifurcation for that point because they and at the end of the day, like could they afford to bankroll this and still make a profit? Yes. Do do they will they fight tooth and tooth and nail to keep their margins where they want them? Yes. Like that that's their business initiative. That's the capital markets at work. Right. I also to me, like out of all the things in golf, like the ball is the biggest thing to me to keep non-bifurcated like i think that like when you look at tennis or you look at basketball or you look at football uh you're you're using the same ball i understand there's smaller footballs for different sure. leagues in football but for the most part like the all these sports use the same there's smaller ball. basketballs too yeah but I, I i don't know i i i you know, I, I I've gone back and forth with this so much in my head, and I, I'm completely fine with with them rolling the ball back. Um, I don't really think it'll make that much of a difference. Like I was talking to you last night, kid. Like, um, it, if it was bifurcated and we had the option to play like current balls, Pro V One, you know, whatever it may be, I would probably play the tournament ball just. Because, like, I don't know. I want to be playing the same thing that the pros are playing. I don't know. Like, that, I think that, it, that's what golf is at, like, the professional level. And that's, like, what golf is supposed to be. If you're playing the best golf in the world, then that's what I want to be playing, right? Like, when they got rid of square groove wedges, like, you know, people didn't keep... I, I guess some people might have, but like you went to a dip, like the 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 wedge that was you know conforming to the tour. So in, because I guess what I consider or what I think about, I I don't really care what's compared to the pros, but what I'm interested in is what becomes a local rule for the with my local friends tournaments. and my yeah my like yeah. my immediate peers. Yeah. yeah. So like I play in, I play in a softball league that plays with a metal bat. I'm not looking to, you know, be Altuve and hit wood bats out of the park. Right. And so like if the tour goes to a smaller driver head, I wouldn't switch to that until my local course said, "Hey, we also are adopting the smaller driver head or whatever." I I don't care if I'm hitting the same thing as Rory. That's like but I do care that I can compete. That's like in my the argument for bifurcation like the opposed kind of thing because like even like your sunday game at your club like what are they going to do is everyone going to be able to use like whatever ball or are the gamers going to want to play the tour ball and it's like no everyone needs to be playing the tour ball now like or is it going to be you know you play whatever and it is what it is like if you want to play the tour ball you can but you're going to have a disadvantage right so it adds it adds that kind of complexity i, I, I struggle i struggle with the model like local rule as well dave in that respect in the sense that like i don't like the idea of like individual clubs and areas like having different policies across the board i'd rather just be like a recreational rule and a pro rule and unless you are playing for 
in a tournament sanction for this event, like that's when you play the tournament ball. Like don't bring your fucking ego to fucking, you know, Joe's fucking municipal and say like, I'm going to play this. Like, yeah, well then you're going to lose because you got a worse ball than I do. Like, I think for that, it's like, where do you draw the line? Is it at like amateur tournaments, like for high schools and stuff like that? Are they playing the tournament ball? Like you would assume so, right? They're aspiring to be college players. Yeah. They're aspiring to be, might be a pro someday. Yep, and they play is it. it. And then is it like, okay, what about, you know, the firecracker open at, at Lions that they do every year? Is it that going to be a tournament ball or is it anyone going to be able to play whatever ball they want? And it's like, where do you draw the line? Is a four-man scramble tournament that there is prizes like, is it whatever ball or is it a tournament ball? Like that's, I think if it's a sanctioned tournament that's recognized by the USGA as a tournament, then like you play the tournament ball. If you're playing recreationally, you play a recreational ball. If you're playing a hit and giggle yeah, fun charity tournament, like, let's then say that, that isn't a tournament. But for a lot of people, a scramble tournament is a tournament. And is those like, aren't sanctioned by the USGA. They're, I, under, I understand that. But it's like, where do you want to draw the line? Like for a lot of people, these things are like what what they get up about, like what, you know, like they, they get up, to, they, they get up it's, for it. If, it, if it's the, a member guest or whatever it may be. Right. But it sounds like yeah. they're not going to even have these balls available anymore. Like it's just going to be the tournament ball. And I and, and and to my point, like what I'm trying to make is like I, I I understand that logic. Like they just want people to be able to go to the shelf and buy a ball that's conforming, and everyone's going to be able to going to be using that. And it's not going to matter. Yeah. They're not going to have these these issues going forward because of that. Because you're going to be able to go to the the shelf and buy it. And it won't matter because they're all going to be conforming. Whereas if there were the pro V ones out there and you're still able to buy them, homie might be, you know, playing that ball and no one know in whatever it may be the member guest at some club or whatever. Yeah. It, uh, I, I think it makes sense. I have no problem with the rollback. I think something needed to happen. So I'd rather if this is the option or do nothing, then cool. I'm glad we got here. Um, I I mean, I, Mike Juan said something interesting that was like, you know, our decision, there's going to be people on both sides. There are people are going to say that we fucking broke everything. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. There's going to be people that said, I didn't go far enough. And I think at the end of the day, that, that was the decision they made is that they did nothing that's going to make anyone happy. They did what they, the most practical conservative adjustment that they could to mitigate what they think was going to be an untainable, unsustainable direction for the sport. And the backlash that we see to it is just a perfect encapsulation of where we are as like a digital society that like people are getting so riled up for something that's not going to affect them in iota. Like it's just, right. it's, it's, it's just, it's back to the whole thing of this all just being exhausting. None of this fucking shit matters. You're not going to notice it. Like if I replace this ball on the tee for 99% of recreational golfers, you wouldn't even notice that it was making a performance right. difference to you. Like you'd be like, Oh shit. Is it just five degrees colder? Well, today? Like, I think he said like 30% of the balls that are in market right now would conform to the new rules, or it might've been like 40% or something like that. But then you read on Twitter that like the only ball that would be conforming right now, or doesn't even conform is like a 1996 like titleless professional ball. Like it's all a shit storm of opinions and bullshit that just sends people over the edge to get outraged. It's like everyone just shut the fuck up, sit down and just wait and see. Like, it's just, right. 
like you have no control anyway. Like it's a game. Go fucking play whatever you want. Like just relax. Yes. It it's wild. I, I again I just was so shocked. I was like, oh, I guess everybody cares. And you see the like nobody's ever said they want to hit it shorter. It's like, who the fuck cares? We're talking about 12 yards from the top like, of the top. It's it, it it's nothing. It's a nothing. If I if I if I dropped if I told you that every golf club on the fucking planet was broken in half, you couldn't fix them, they all disappeared, and you got a bag from the 1994 that you had to play golf with, you're gonna have less fun playing the game yeah. of golf. Like, just shut up. Just be quiet. Like, just relax. And, like, golf is still is... gonna be golf. It's still gonna be fun. Like, I have fun playing fucking retro clubs. Dave and I had a blast in fucking Northern Ireland playing the weirdest set in the world. Like golf is fun when you make it challenging and you make it different. Like everything's going to be fine. And the ball companies and the club manufacturers have decided that distance is the most important thing for whatever reason. Like all the marketing is like, Oh, you can hit this further. You can hit this longer. Like that was the direction that they decided was going to be an important measurable instead of like, Hey, this well, will make your ball go straighter. This will make you score lower. I do think like, that's important for the recreational game where they make a lot of their money, right? Like game improvement irons and clubs. Like, uh, and again, in that interview, like uh, uh, Mike Wan worked in the club manufacturer industry, and he was saying at the time whenever they were going to 460cc, um, it was more garnered to the recreational golfer and a lot of pros at the time were asking for smaller driver heads um, yeah and that they didn't predict that they would all start using it and it would become what it is now um yeah so i i uh i definitely understand the marketing aspect of like you know wanting to appeal to the average golfer and being like, you know, this is going to make you hit straighter and longer. And uh, yeah, in turn that obviously helped the pros as well. And uh, this is the effect of that. I think the the, the philosophical approach to this though, is like, why do you want to hit it longer? Is the whole like too long? Do, Do you, do you feel like you'd rather the courses shrink and you could just hit it relatively the same distance from the hole? No, and then like sim- I think it's as simple as like everyone likes to be hitting farther than the people they're playing with, and like oh, did you see that one? It's just that that masculine kind of like I fucking hit it far go. as fuck. Did you see that? But it's I really it's in relation to your friends that. though, right? Like it's in relation yeah. to like how you normally hit or how other people hit it. Like if you just shrink the game like in all of its dimensions and all of it, like that relative change is still there. Like no, I know what dis- I don't disagree with that, but to Ryan's point, like they garnered to making technology better to help you do that. So if you got the new driver or the new ball or whatever it may be, it was going to make sure that you were going to be that guy in your group. So they were catering to that. And then it got us to this point. And yes, everything is relative. Like if everyone's playing the same thing, like you're still going to be the guy that hits it further. If you're able to do that, if you hit it the far, like if you hit it the fastest and the best strike, but if you're able at the time, like when your friends don't have the new ball and you get the new ball and you're five yards in front of them now, like that's, that's what it was driven off of. And that's why it got to the point it is. 
Yeah. And I think that just in their marketing, they decided to glom on to distance, which made it more important for you to hit it further than your buddy. Like had they, when they started marketing said, we're going to really put all the emphasis on the straightest golf ball and not take into distance. And you might not care as much. Did I hit it further than my buddy or was it, damn, he found another fairway. Like that's his eighth in a row. And that could have been the metric that we cling to a little bit more. Instead One's clearly like, easier to market than the other, though. And like, sure, that's true. And I think the idea is like, no industry is unique in the sense that like you market performance. And like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm more just talking about like golf as a recreational sport and, and trying to build an ecosystem that like can fit to these adjustments is sort of like distance is relative. Your enjoyment is relative. Like, the, the idea that like you need a bunch of distance comes down to like what you've been kind of conditioned to like reward or kind of aspire to for a while now. And I think the idea is if you lessen the distance, but shrink like your footprint of courses or like where you think you'd have fun. Like if you gave me a set of hickories and I played from the red tees, like I'd have a fucking blast. Like I wouldn't have any issues with that. And I think a lot of people wouldn't if everyone was just kind of adhering to the same sort of rules and parameters for things, just so you don't feel like one of your friends was like cheating, like against you or whatever the case may be, if you're playing like match play and like the shorter the distance, the further it's not going offline. Like everyone's had this thing where like the drivers go usually really straight and really long. And like, if your issue is swing path or, you know, face alignment and like the idea is like, it's going to go straight fucking pull out of bounds. Whereas like, if you're, if you're right. playing with fucking hickories, like you hit a bad one, it's like, well, don't worry. It's not going far enough to go out of bounds. Likely you have to just play from the rough or whatever. Like, I, yeah. I just think the game will uh, can evolve and shift. And like the, the, I think the fallback or like the, the result of this is not going to be nearly as bad as everyone's worried about. And like I said, it won't be anything really for the recreational player from what, the limited things that I've read, like it's not going to affect any of us really. Yeah. Listen, I'd I'd be on, I'd be on board for a fucking rollback to the hickories. All right. See, that's what I'm saying, man. I I think people need to adopt your 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 mindset in terms of like I'm here for the challenge, but I also understand. One, I says. also I also think it would help me in matches and stuff if, <laughs> if the equipment was rolled back, but. Fair. Yeah. It. Yeah. So it's it kind of seems like none of us really have too much to gripe with with the rollback. No, because I think yeah. at the end of the day, like it'd be a different story if they went like crazier with it. And I'd be I would be able to get more into a devil's advocate position and at least make the podcast entertaining if they went way further with the rollback. But I think at the end of the day, like if I'm being completely rational, logical about this, like nothing is really changing. All they're doing is trying to limit the expansion beyond where it is right now. Like they're just trying to put a cap at where we're at in the same way that they did a cap with drivers with co with COR or whatever. Like they're just trying to like slow it down a little bit in terms of it's, they're just slowing down distance inflation guys. Like they're just trying to put higher interest rates, trying to quell the market a little yep. bit, like just try, <laughs> trying to get this thing under control. They're not going to get into deflation. They're just trying to reduce inflation. And that's that's the situation <laughs> here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't disagree with that. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it been a productive conversation, boys. Uh, Can we get into the real thing here, guys? Can we get into the real conversation here? The real important shit to get into? Can we talk the flake gate? 
Can we talk about the cabal fucking conspiracy that the Saudis were afraid of the PG, the fucking TGL, and they had to take it down from within? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're yeah. right. The TGL is no more. We don't have a dome. Was... I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> I think that was I think that was a, a, a dark, a dark network of conspirators to take down from within the TGL that was going to just completely blow dominate. up the game. Dominate the game. <laughs> Change inside now. Know it. Bring it to arenas everywhere near you. Yeah, I think uh I think uh, or at least I guess I hope that uh this was just kind of their way of being like, yeah, we're going to wait until 2025 to do this and then it just never happens because I don't think it was going to be any sort of success. But I don't think it's going to hurt anything. I just I don't need to watch stadium golf. I, I mean, you're I you're asking guys cool. to play fucking whatever simulator golf when they, you know, have a fucking tour season they're having to worry about and it, it's it was essentially another way to take take care of the top players. It was another yeah. pip. Yeah. yeah, it was another pip disguising itself as growing the game to the masses. And could it have been successful with the youth? I don't know. Will it be on TikTok? I don't know. Um, the only thing that's successful with youth and golf is YouTube golf, and that I think has you know leaps and bounds to go and i think could be super successful more though more so than it is now if the t- if tgl was really thinking they would you know pull in fucking you know the good good guys and and bob does sports and all these fucking people and make Oof. like have a tgl team with like youtubers i, I mean sure that, that would be, be in that, the plan. that would be smart for sure yeah. like to to if you're that's, wanting to that's bring all in i'm full you. of dude full of these ideas but yeah, I, I I definitely think that that you know this this conversation is kind of taking a weird turn, but I I, I think that definitely YouTube golf, uh, is what is driving the youth, you know, interest in golf, a hundred percent. I'm more interested in that than I am in whatever the fuck is going on right now with the tour. To I de- I, if I had to guess, I watched more YouTube golf last year than I watched PGA Tour golf. Yeah. As far as hours on the TV, me watching it. Yeah. But I think, I mean, there's something to be said for it being on demand and that like, you don't want to watch a live event after it's done. Like you, you watch live sports because they're live and on demand content is on demand. So it's easier to consume because you do it at your convenience. For sure. Sure. I, I, I was just kind of stating you know, my eyeball consumption. Yeah, I feel you. I'm just I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't go back and watch the second round of a tournament because I was working because I already know what the result of it was. And right. the third round has started like that makes it hard to go back and like look through an archive of things versus like, oh, I missed the tour sauce season from Scandinavia last week. No worries. I'll go back and watch it in a week when I'm watching the other one. Like, it's going to be great. Like, that's a much easier yeah. model to like consume time than a, a thing that very quickly decays its relevance. For sure. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that, uh, that I think that, you know, that, that market in particular, uh, you know, has a lot of room to expand and I think it is driving or a big driving force behind, you know, 
the popularity of golf right now. I don't disagree. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised in five, 10 years if YouTubers are worth more than a, a lot of the players, like in oh, terms I, of like I their value bet. to the sport and their value. Like, you know, a, a great example of, of this is golfers right now are, you know, doing quite a bit better than some of the lower end tour players right now. But yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a, so I've been getting in, I mean, the last few years been getting more and more into chess. Um, another weird tangent for this podcast, but like, like there's, the fuck have we gone? there's like Go chess on. YouTubers that are far more successful than professional chess players that like win tournaments and do shit because the public is interested. In... Sorry, but do you watch that? Like she's like a European girl who plays chess with her mom and her dad. Anna Kramling. Yeah. Yeah. That's her. Yeah. Me and Haley watch her too. <laughs> Yeah, the I mean the whole idea though is that like the culture is about personalities. Where is content for content for consumption? And like we're sharing a similar bond with a, a game that we care about and that we we all love to play, whether it's golf or if it's chess. And the idea is that like the mechanisms to reward entertainment are easier to monetize through this on-demand system than these defined kind of structured events. And when you have no personalities showing through in a lot of things for like professional chess or golf then like they become less valuable so it's what like if, what if professional golf turned into a pay-per-view model where they play the tournament and there's the in-person tournament that you can go buy tickets to and have the intern or the tournament like experience in person and then you know that following monday is released pay-per-view and it's edited it's you know done to the nines and you buy that for nine ninety nine or whatever the, the the number is. That would be a wild world. I think that would be really tur cool. Tur tournament, tournament sport, it can't happen. It won't be possible because it's got to be live. People tune into I live. Get, I get that. I'm just saying, like, entertain. But, but the game and for a second. game content, golf content that is produced and packaged for for on demand consumption, like will take a different form, but will be just as important, if not more important in the future. I just don't think like it, if there is pay-per-view content that's packaged and post-produced under some, like, let's say it's like the match, like something that doesn't matter that you would you'd buy for. And it would be like these things with like the, the elite players that that might be a thing in the future, but it would never replace to me what like the true competitive golf landscape is like the majors. Like I would never see them like, you know, well, having the majors I or yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think they're, you know, live sporting events is is massive and you have the whole betting gambling aspect to it and you want to be able to see it as it's going on. And I understand all of that. I was just saying to entertain that idea. I say they, they need to make, a, you know, like a real housewives of golf. Like, I think that's what they need. I think they need to go I'm fucking full Bravo, full Bravo with it. Um, I, mean, I think they could use a I think, thing is, yeah. I just think if we're going to try to diversify half four. the planet, half the planet are, are, are women. You got to make a bachelor of it. All the, you know, get hobbling on there, get the, get the, <laughs> the bachelors of the, you know, the sport, um, you know, just do what you can to get the people that don't care about your sport to care about your sport. And don't worry about the elite, the elite fans that care about every aspect of the sport. All right. So we, we've got, 
YouTube chess content and Victor Hovland is the next bachelor. I think we're at a good point to put a bow on things. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, it's been fun boys. Um, and yeah, I'm glad we did this. Got a, got a, got a, you know, got a little, uh, pod in kind of summing up. We got to end the year on a positive note though, guys. Like I, I kind of want to hold us to it. I think we should have a, a year in summary of golf in 2023, give out some awards and it be a positive podcast, like not doom and gloom for recreation and professional golf. Like who'd you love watching this year? What was the most memorable shot? Who do you think was a major kind of surprise in terms of performance? Who was a huge disappointment? Like let's fucking talk about golf. Like the actual golf okay. that took place into it. A hundred percent. Cause this yeah, has I'm been down. draining. Let's do our 2023 superlatives and yeah, and yeah, put... your a, a few a few of the highlights of the past golf year. That I'm I'm down with it. Let's give the listeners something positive. All 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 ten of them. Let's give them all something great to listen to that they're gonna consider uh, a fun romp through the you know the year in golf. I love yeah, it. Something for Clint to get excited about. I mean, he'll get. John I mean, he'll get Krasinski. excited because he's going to be here. He's going to be here repping, repping for his boys. There you go. We'll make it happen. All right. Well, All right. I can start off real quick. I'm not going to do like I was thinking like three, but I definitely have one, and it is Ricky's resurgence back into. The... Hey, this is the next. I was going to say this is like a whole what, other what, what... pod. Oh, you're right saying now. that the you're saying the yeah. next pod. God, yeah. the next the next pod. <laughs> I was like, well, holy shit! Wait, we're not doing this right now. Right? But I, at oh. least that's not really a spoiler because we know that would be something that right. Dave would say. But table it. Next pod. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> next pod. I didn't. I didn't realize. I thought it was just going to be a quick like, hey, what was your, you know, your your. Some I, of your you know what, Dave? I love the idea though. We got let's say two minutes. We'll, we'll go on the horn, talk about Ricky Ryan. I will just quickly think of something just to end on a positive note in this pod as we lead into the next episode that will be great way more positive focus i'll just okay i I was just i just wanted to say that you know ricky's resurgence year played great all season made a great showing at the u.s open um definitely you know i it had me on the edge of my seat um and yeah he played he played great this year and uh loved seeing him play at la lacc the way he did um and I think that that was the first thing that came to mind for me um, this year for this year. Nice. I think mine would be, and this is just a total like overall picture, the emergence of Hovland as like a real threat to be one of the dominant names in golf was pretty awesome to see him kind of make that next jump into like, I am a threat to be contended with at all of the majors and every event moving forward was really fun to see and I think next year it's going to be even more of that. I'm excited to to watch him start ticking some boxes and winning some majors cuz I think it's coming. I love that cuz I wanted to say that but I also want to say something else so I'm glad you're able to step on that one and get it set out on the podcast. Um every few years you usually find like a class of people that come out that really bring a lot of life and potential into the game. You know, you had the 2011 class with with you know Speeth and JT and you know Cantlay and these other folks and Berger and whatnot. And then you kind of had Morikawa, Hovland, you know, Wolf that came in with a lot of potential. And I've been so 
thrilled to watch the emergence of both Ludwig with a V and uh and Rose Zhang, just like two stars of the future of professional golf, both in male and female, respectively. And just how exciting the game could be with them really rising to some really unique p- potential. Um, and they both seem like great folks to root for. I had a lot of fun watching Rose this past week at Grant Thornton. Um, so, you know, her and Sahith just kind of going out there and doing their thing. It was it was a lot of fun. So I'm excited to keep watching them into next year and and just see what they could do. Like it's 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 really exciting. Yeah, and Ludwig, you know had a great showing at the Ryder cup and he, he, I definitely think he has uh you know, a great future ahead of him. So yeah, definitely excited to see what he, he, he's going to bring to the table, but yeah, boys, sure. it's been fun. Uh, appreciate everyone listening and uh, we'll catch you next time with, you know, I guess a uh, positivity year, pod, a, a year unwrapped uh, positivity pod. So uh, thank you for listening and we'll uh, we'll catch you uh, next time.